that John? Now uh, it's good. You better turn on the video cameras before we actually get started. This I ain't time. turning shit on. <laughs> Welcome to the Blue Collar Syndicate Podcast Show. How's it hanging? It's hanging. How are you? Um, it's actually somewhat warm out, so I'm happier than a couple weeks ago when it was negative 37 in hell. Yeah, it's a bit warmer today. It was nice and warm in California. Dude, that video clip was awesome. I liked it. I didn't think that California would look that cool. Yeah, Northern California is pretty nice. But Southern California is a desert. Northern California, that's where all them big redwoods are. Fucking trees are huge. Like, I've seen pictures and videos of Washington, I think. Yep. And I've, there are some trees that are fucking huge. It would be cool to go see that stuff, but I'm, yeah. we're, we're planning a trip to go to California because at Universal Hollywood, they're opening Super Mario World, and I'm going to go be a kid and fucking punch Bowser in the fucking face. <laughs> you need to talk into the mic, John. <laughs> not, to the, of, not to the side of it. Yeah. No, uh, Oregon, Washington, there's, yeah, there's some big trees up there. I was driving through, uh, it's like Snoqualmie Pass, and some of those trees, dude, they're, you know, eight, ten foot around. They're huge. They make Colorado's mountains look like little bitches. <laughs> and the mountains or the trees? Mountains. All of it. Oh, shit. Okay. Like, it's weird because out there, the mountains are like slow. I mean, they're still tall, but they're slow, long inclines. Where, you know, Colorado, you're just driving straight up Eisenhower and then straight down the other side. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's a little different. But the trees, dude, the trees are way... Like, they make Colorado's mountains feel kind of dumb. Like, I, I tell people now, like, Colorado mountains are just rocks and pine trees. Like, it, <laughs> it sounds simplistic, but it's honestly true, because you go out there and there's so much more, you know, there's moss, it's green, it's way greener. You're, you're really selling this to where people can now move over there instead of here. I've always been willing to trade. Like, California's already kind of ruined Colorado, so if the rest of them just want to come here, I'll gladly go take over California. And <laughs> be next to the beach with good weather? Yeah, I'll just trade them. Like whatever we'll fix california if they leave fucking let's do it yeah because northern california is sweet dude it's like mountain hillbillies it's all big redwoods like that video i posted that was actually like the nicest part of that road it gets it gets down to one lane Mm -hmm. just wide enough for one truck barely and there was some mudslides and shit so i had to wait and then you have to drive like half on the edge and you're like literally six inches from driving off into the little river that was flooded the whole way down Oh, I'm sure that's great having a loaded trailer. Yeah. We always ask ahead of time and they always, of course, yo, we've had the hugest semis with dozers back here. And then I get up there and I'm like, no, you haven't. What's, what's a huge dozer though? I don't know. They must be talking like a- A fucking D8? A, I mean, that's a big dozer. They must be talking like a D1. <laughs> a fucking fucking Tonka, Tonka truck <laughs> on the back of a Prius. Cause yeah, I got up there and I was like, he's like, yeah, you can turn around at this wide spot. That's where all the low boys turn around. And I get up there and I had to go halfway up on a berm to make the turn. And even then, the only reason I was able to make the turn is because my hotshot truck doesn't have a bed on it. So I was at like, I don't know what you call that, a 30 degree angle with my trailer. Like you could look out the driver window of my truck and see the middle of my trailer. I was such a sharp angle. That's the only reason I was able to turn around. And then so my trailer's just dragging. And the tail swing took out half the berm. Oh, shit. I was like, yeah. low boys turn around here, huh? <laughs> the only way they're doing that is if they're unhooking and rehooking three times to that trailer. There's no way they're just coming up here and f- flipping a Yui. 
They're unhooking and then using the dozer to push the trailer around and then yeah. driving the dozer <laughs> the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah. I contemplated it. I was about to go back in because it was a big skid star I delivered and I was just like, I should just unhook and I could use the skidster because then you could do a zero degree turn with the skidster and just chain up the front of the trailer. Fuck right? yeah. Hell yeah. But it was enough fun the way it was. Yeah. The furthest west I've been would be Vegas. And that's a big whoop. I mean, I went to Vegas. It was fun. I've only been there once. But yeah, that's as far west as I've ever been. I've only been there for work. I've never actually went there for fun. I don't even know if I would have fun there because I'm not big on big cities and lots of people. That's a big ass city with lots of people. Yes. I think it was a very different perspective for me because I don't, since I went when I don't drink. So I'm sure if I would have went two years ago or if not further, it would have been party fucking central for me <laughs> and I would have gotten in a lot of trouble. But I mean, we walked around during the day and gambled and fuck, I didn't, I was in bed by midnight every night <laughs> because I'm old. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I could go there and have fun if it was just like me and the wife and we didn't have the kids maybe. And I don't know though. Like I said, it's a big city. My experiences there haven't been that great. I've, dude, the first time I drove to Vegas, when you're coming into North Vegas, you're on that just two lane highway, mm-hmm. that divided highway. And I'd never seen more trash in my life just along the side of the interstate. Yeah, they make Vegas, like the Vegas Strip, look really nice. And then, because we went golfing, so we had an Uber to the golf course. And, you know, once you get, I don't know what it is, a mile out of the Vegas Strip, you know, the, what they highlight Vegas as, mm-hmm. it was just trash and yeah. homelessness. I was like, huh. Yeah, that was my experience. Cool. <laughs> like, the place is a shithole. I wouldn't even let my dog out the car around here. Yeah. I mean, the golf course was nice, but. Yeah, once you get away from that Vegas area, it's not what you really think it is. It's yeah. just another dirty town. Yeah, there's a hotshot guy that I talk to a lot. He's out of Vegas, and he loves it down there, but I'm just like, I don't know. My perspective is, like I said, I'm I'm a introvert as it is, so I'm not big on the big city with a fuck ton of people. Yeah. So That's how it was when we, after we came back from Europe, we were reflecting on it. I was like, it was a lot of fun. Next time we go somewhere... How about we stay a little bit further away from like downtown big city area? Because yeah, London and Paris was cool as fuck, but I want to see the scenery. I want to see the green. I want to see the castles and all the history, you know, that isn't in town. Yeah. So I want to see that kind of shit. That makes sense. So you got any uh, rocket news you want to share? Yes. um, It'll already be passed by the time you guys listen to this episode, but I'm going to, I will be at the Tanner Gun Show in Colorado. And then depending on how that goes, because it's a three-day event, depending on how it goes, I'll sign up for more because I've learned throughout my first year of Rocket that skulls and heavy metal music that they're based off of, not everybody likes that. (laughs) And I've been to a bunch of craft and vendor shows in 2022 where I've gotten some weird looks and I've gotten pastors and religious people saying, I need Jesus more in my life. (laughs) I was like, "Hmm, thanks for judging my successful rebuilding of my life and saying i still need to do more you fucking dick (laughs) (laughs) some of the people man they're too judgy well one of my last events there was a guy that was reading my mission statement sign and i was you know i just stand there and wait for him because i know what they're doing and i noticed his belt buckle and it was the big jesus fish and the first thing that came to mind was like here we go and once he got done he you know nodded his head like cool he's like have you ever read this i'm like no i have not read the fucking bible Mm-hmm. I went to Catholic school for my first, second, and third grade year. Not by choice, but I went there. 
That's all I need. I have my faith for those, but don't shove my, your shit down my throat. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that he took the time to read your mission statement and still felt like he needed to say something. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I guess I'd get it if they just kind of look at the brand in passing and don't read anything. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you got your mission statement posted right out there for everyone to read and he actually read it and then wants to preach to you. Yeah, I don't kinda get it. It's kind of like, I think, honestly, you just show a little bit of support and why not just move along? Yeah, I, it's weird. Like, I, I hate to classify and put those people in groups, but it's always the religious bunch. You know, you know not the super, it's not all the religious people. It's the super... I guess Bible thumping religious people that yeah. always have to put their little you need you need God. Yeah. As somebody who kind of identifies as an atheist, I hear it a lot. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. I always tell people like especially with the religious debate, you know, you get people who like they get real shitty when I kind of openly say I'm an atheist. And I have my reasons for why I don't believe in an all-loving, all-seeing God. And, I mean, maybe someday we should get a Bible thumper on here, and I'd love to tell him (laughs) my reasons. And he can tell me his reasons. Like, I've actually had a lot of cordial conversations about it. I mean, my wife's had some with her. You know, she's she's religious. Yeah. Um, But even as she's gotten older, she's moved away from being, like, a religion. You know what I mean? Like, she grew up Baptist. Her grandfather was a preacher, all that stuff. And she went to Baptist school as a young kid. But even as she's gotten older, she's definitely, I've seen it. You know, we've been together a long time. So over the years, I've seen her kind of move away from being a quote-unquote Baptist. I would have never taken her as a religious type. Well, you can't take any high school kid as a religious type. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Very few are actually living the, living the, the, the way of life during their young years. Way of God. But no, she she was like, you know, she said she is Baptist, but I've definitely seen it over the years. She's kind of moved away from identifying as Baptist. Not mm. that she doesn't believe in God, but she's definitely, a lot of things she started to notice the older she got with religion and re, like churches, especially churches. Like she gets disgusted when she sees those big mega churches. She hates them. Like she thinks that's the most opposite thing of what it should have been. Because her grandpa was a preacher at, like, you know, a small 50-people church. Yeah. And so when she yeah, sees... Yeah, the ones that you see driving through the fucking the south and shit, things well, like that. Well, he lived in Denver. I mean, it was a big city, but it was just a small church for the small little neighborhood. Okay. And that's what she's kind of used to. And now she sees these big mega churches with these seven-story buildings that cost $10 billion to build. And she's like, how much good can you do with a building? Like you could just have a normal small is how I talk about schools. You mm-hmm. know, a school doesn't need to be a piece of art. It just needs to be a brick rectangle with a, that's safe to have our kids sit in and learn. And that's how she looks at those big mega churches. She's like, why do you need this Super Bowl arena of a church? Especially when you use it for only a couple days of the week, a couple days of the week for TV, you take all these donations, but it's like, it's just a business. I explained it to her. I was like, what you're seeing is you're seeing the business side of religion and you don't like it. Mm-hmm. You like the religion side of religion. You like the belief in God. You like the community, you know, the community aspect of being part of a church. And that's why I told, I told her, you know, you go to one of these churches out where we live, like Four Way Baptist. Everyone knows that church out there on 22 and 41. 
a lot of people go there, and that's been a small church forever. Mm-hmm. And it's a, been a community staple, and even the two little churches here in Hudson, same way. They've gotten slightly bigger, but they're definitely not... Uh, they're not buying land and re- rebuilding. Yeah, and they're not on TV, Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> What's that? Joel Olstein status? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're not like that. They've been just... They, they've grown as the community's grown. They haven't grown and then brought a thousand members to them. That, you know, the church here in Hudson, it used to be a house. The one by the park. It used oh, to, yeah, okay. It used to be the house right behind the fire station. Mm-hmm. And that old people who kind of ran it for a while, they added an addition to their house to make more room. And then over a few years, I mean, probably 20, 30 years, that got too small. That's when they did a bunch of funding and built the church they have now, which is still by no means huge. No, and that, that's a very active church, yeah. like a very big in the community. Yeah. That other church here that's over by the elementary school, I remember that yeah. being for sale years back, and they didn't want much money for it. No. I was considering buying <laughs> that <Yeah>. church. <laughs> a lot of people were. But yeah, but that's, uh, not to go too deep into religion, but that's it's kind of, you know how, how they say they want to preach all that, but they never want to look at their negative aspects. Like, I'd love to, that guy with the belt buckle who came in, told you, you know, rock and roll music, you need Jesus in your life. You know, I would go to him and say, you need to take money out of yours because your big religions, why didn't, you know, why do you feel the need to have a 60, 70, 80, hundred dollar belt buckle showing it off? One, one of my things, because obviously Rocket is, and me personally, I'm a big heavy metal fan. And man, you can listen to metal music that has topics of fucking anything oh yeah and there's a couple songs where i'm just i'm ready to pounce that people be like okay if you want me to give you a chance you better give my shit a chance and you better go listen to these three songs yeah they might be loud and they sound angry but you should really understand yeah what it what the it message is. they're actually putting yeah. out yeah but since we're talking about like a good mixture right here for those that are listening and don't know the facebook page because it's fucking hilarious Look up the same video of Pastor freaking out to different breakdowns. Because <laughs> it's awesome. I can only imagine. <laughs> I'll show you some clips later, but yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. No, that's, that's surprising. Like I, that, it really does surprise me, though, that he actually read your mission statement and felt the need to say more. Yeah. It was... I'm used to it. Yeah. I've gotten some, some preaches, and I, I've gotten to the point where I'm a lot more respectful about my disagreement i used to be real assholey about it i used to be an asshole atheist now i've gotten to the point where i'm just like uh here's my reasons why here's the things that's happened in my life that makes me question your belief but i think the more important thing is as an atheist i still agree with a lot of religious aspects Mm -hmm. i always tell people we believe in the same thing I just don't have a book and a bunch of stories telling me to do it. I don't believe in going and hurting people. I don't think we should be stealing. I think we should be generous to our neighbors. I think we should love our families, all that stuff. And sure, that all comes maybe from a religious, uh, a religious outline. But I tell people, it's just, what's more important? Is it more important that I'm a good person who doesn't believe in Jesus? Or would I be better off being, you know, a convict who found Jesus in prison after I murdered 10 people? (laughs) Like, I think what we should focus on is, even though maybe I don't believe in Jesus or God or whatever, 
we should focus on the fact that I still have the same moral guidelines and moral principles mm-hmm. as most religious people. And a lot of atheists do. That's why I always find it funny when religious people get real tangenty about atheists. Yeah, they get like, defensive. Yeah, and I can understand it because if you were dealing with, you know, 16-year-old atheist Albert, I was a lot more douchey about it. Yeah. And it's I not like I'm, you're coming up and be like, I'm a, I'm a satanic worshiper. Well, I, I just used to goats. be that guy that like tried to demean your intelligence because you believed in God. Mm-hmm. And as I've gotten older, I realized how stupid that was. And now I'm just, like I say, I explain my spot. Here's things I see that make me question the idea of a God. But here, like, I still think people need religion. Not everybody can. Some people need a book and a story and a higher power to believe in, to get them to get through some shit or act better or act right. Some people need it. And if it makes them, as long as religion's making somebody a better person, I have no, I don't think we should get rid of it. Yeah. I think it's great. I also think you can be a great person without religion too. And I think Agreed. religious people kind of need to recognize that sometimes. Like, I remember being in uh, Southern Texas. Uh, this was north of Houston. I was working on a punchless job on pipeline. Mm-hmm. And we had to go through this landowner's property. We were fixing the fence, obviously, because once the pipeline goes through and they fuck everything up, we go through and fix it. And we had to put the fences back. And we were working on a Saturday. It was a Friday or Saturday. But this guy had a, bu- a bunch of cattle. And for those that are not aware of what it's like going through a landowner's property that have cattle, you better not hurt a cow. Mm-mm. You better not hurt any one of their animals because... And that fence that the pipeline company took down, it was really a 10-wire, 6-foot-high, brand-new fence every time. Yeah. This thing, <laughs> this thing kept elk in. Yeah. I always, I, every time we dealt with it when I was on the pipeline company, like, yeah, we need to go put that fence back. And you'd look down his field, you know, and you'd see some hundred year old three wire wood post thing running the whole way. Rusty so, as fuck. So we'd set up a three wire fence. Now, uh, that was a five wire fence. Yeah. Dude, the, the it other was two not are, a five wire. The other two fence. wires are hanging in the dirt. Yeah. I was like, dude, that's a, the other hundred acres over here, dude. It was all the same three wire fence. I was here when we tore it down. Yeah. No, it was a five wire. <laughs> and usually you end up just putting up a five wire and moving on. Yeah. But so you don't want to hurt a cow or any sort of livestock because it could be the most shit cow. It's just a family pet. And if it breaks a leg, that cow instantly becomes the grand, grand champion three years running reserve, <laughs> and it's now worth a million dollars. Yep, just like the fence. <laughs> that was the PBR champion for 50 years straight. Yep. And this landowner came out, and, you know, he was just giving us a hard time while we were just trying to put his fence back. You know, we're not doing it right. You know, I know people that can do it better. Blah, 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 blah. You know, we're just trying to get it done. We're, we're not there to do shoddy work. We're trying to just move along, get the job done, things like that. But we got, you know, a mouthful of Jesus and all this and that. He's like, you should come to my church on Sunday. I was like, and this was, you know, a fucking six or seven, eight years ago. And I was like, I'm going to spend my Sunday morning hungover, so I'm not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, I, you, you come up and be a dick, and then you're like, oh, you should come praise God with me. Bro, it sounds like you need to go praise God. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, I think a lot of those religious people don't realize how much they, their attitude actually turns people off even more. Like, like I said, I've actually had some great conversations where they respectfully understand my position, 
and just try to more thoughtfully explain theirs. Yeah. And those are the ones that usually go the furthest and I think about the most. But when you get somebody that just says, I understand you don't believe in God, but I just want you to know you're going to fucking hell. I'll see you there. And What's just, your name? It's just like, yeah, that, that kind of judgment really makes me want to believe in a guy who's that <laughs> crass. Because yeah. I, I also tell people, if there is a higher power, and if he is what you say he is, why is it really true that he's only going to, even if you live a life of honest, honesty and politeness and kindness to other people, just because you never uttered the words, I believe, is he really going to send you to hell? Because I feel like if God is what you say he is, and you live a good life and have a good family, raise your kids, you're just a nice person. If you're doing everything that he wants you to do, besides the one little thing of saying, I believe. Yeah, besides surrendering. Don't you think he would give you an option at the end? You know, if, if, if you do die, he comes down and says, hey, you did good work. Just so you know, I am real. You, you know. never said the three words, yeah. so you're going do you, down. Do you feel like saying them now, maybe? And then, <laughs> like, maybe then that's true. That's honestly, Haley always finds it funny, because I'm always like, you know, out of all the religions, like, you can kind of organize them on who's the nicest and the meanest. Like, my opinion, Baptists are some of the worst as far as being negative preachy. Baptists and some Catholics. And then you kind of move up to... Like uh, the top end of the spectrum of all the religion, all the religions, I don't know how many there are. You know, Jehovah's Witness are the worst because mm-hmm. they're always annoying. But Baptists are, the reason I say they're the worst is they're, most of them just seem the most judgy to me. The okay. most, I don't care how good you are, you're going to hell if you don't agree right in line with me. And maybe that's just my experience with the few I've ever seen or talked to personally. But, I always laugh because I was like, you know who the nicest religious people are? Uh, Muslims? Like, the nice Muslims. <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, when you meet the nice ones that are, like, true to the faith and don't believe in violence, you will not find nicer people. Like, I, we worked with a guy, and we used to hate it, dude. He had to do his 17 prayers a day thing. And all this stuff. And we used to always think it was a cop-out to get out of work. And some guys were assholes. So he'd be doing his prayers, and they'd be... You know, he'd always go find this corner and they got to like face true north and all this stuff when they do it. They would throw water bottles. They would throw dirt clumps. They would oh, yell and fuck up. with them. Yeah, they were rude. I just ignored it. You know, I talked a little trash because I felt like he was using it to get out of work. And I was wrong. And then one day, like so many people were fucking with him. I was like, and he was always nice. He was always like, it's okay. I understand. You don't understand. It's all right. Like he never got mad about it. I've never seen that guy. He's on Gandhi level. Dude, for real. And I've ran into a couple more since then that were the same way. Like, the ones that don't believe in violence, you won't find nicer people. Like, those people will give you the shirt off their back, even if you're a white Westerner. They don't care. They're so nice. Interesting. Now, I don't know enough about their religion to say if I would ever agree with anything they preach, but just as their character, they're the nicest people. Hmm. And then right up next to him, Mormons, dude. Most Mormon people are the nicest Mormons you'll ever meet. (laughs) They're so nice. They always try to give you shit and talk nice to you. 
And the thing I was telling my wife one day is like, I think their religion's the nicest because with them, like they believe in you die and then you do like a hundred years of purgatory or some something like that, right? And you go to this whole other planet type of alien stuff. But I was like, hey, at least with them, everybody gets a chance because even if you lived your life like shit, you go to this hundred years of purgatory and if you're good, you get to go to the other planet. Interesting. You, you get a second chance. I never studied any sort of religion, so I don't know. That's just my crappy way of summing up what a Mormon told me once. <laughs> I could be completely wrong, but that's how I understood it. Is like, even if you're not a Mormon, when you die, you go to this hundred year purgatory thing. And if you prove your faith during that time, then you get to go to the other Jeremiah's planet or whatever it is okay. and have this life of bliss. And I'm like, well, that's nicer than some other religions who just say, if you don't say I believe before you die, you're going to hell. I was like, at least you get a second chance with you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad at all. One of my friends in eighth grade, um, he's Mormon. And yeah, we, dude, we were best friends. One of the nicest guys ever. Yeah, I was like, I mean, don't get me wrong. You'll find people of all religions that are really nice. Oh, yeah. But I can say pretty blanket statement with the nonviolent Muslims and the Mormons. Mm-hmm. You usually won't find nice just out of people. what you your experiences. Yeah, out of my experiences, I'm sure other people have had some other ones. But yeah, yeah, dude, it's it's crazy, but hmm. that's interesting. I don't think you'll have that issue at the Tanner Gun Show. No, and <laughs> I'm actually kind of excited for it because it's more of a fit. Obviously, for the on the, like on the camera, there's skulls, American, and shit like that. So, what better place to support that than a gun show? Yeah, and then I was thinking of other places. You know, just trying to learn the demographic. Well, because the, I'm and the gun scene these days isn't just a bunch of crazy hillbillies, gun wielding, compound building doomers. Yeah, you know the gun community these these days. It's changed a lot. It's changed a lot. It, there's a lot of you know professionals and fitness people and just high performers mm-hmm. that are pro second amendment. So oh, yeah. it should be interesting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I um, would say 10 years ago, you might've been out of place because yeah. well, I don't know about 10 years. It's probably been 15 years since I've been to a Tanner gun show. Maybe more. Well, You better fucking go this weekend. If I'm here, I'll try. Where is it this year? It's I know not- they can't do it at that shitty place in Denver no more. They tore it down. What shitty place? The Denver Mart. Yeah. Didn't they tear it down? Over by the Grizzly Rose. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't been over there in a while. I'm pretty sure they tore it down. I went there once for the gun show, and it was it was pretty cool there. But this one's at the Crown Plaza off of I-70 and Pena, right there at that big intersection. Um, I normally wouldn't go to that area, but at a gun show, I'd feel pretty safe. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> dude. I mean, then you have fucking Bass Pro right down the road yeah. and all that. All that. Yeah. So that'll be nice. Yeah, if we're in town, I'll see. We'll maybe drag all the kids down and everything. Yeah. And then, yeah, I'm like, I'm learning demographics and all that stuff because I'm just a stupid blue collar operator, labor foreman guy that doesn't know anything about business. So now this year is the year to try and learn oh, speaking of more that. of business stuff. So I'm going to try like car shows. I was talking to a friend. He mentioned try to do like biker rallies. Like Car um, shows would be a good thing. Like, um, like a poker run and be at the end of the poker run like and I, shit like that. Anywhere you might start finding high performers, I'd go. Um, if you're going to do car shows, I'd look into a, there's a Facebook group called cars and coffee. It's kind of the high end. So they do kind of, they do organized meets and they kind of do some spur of the moment ones, Mm -hmm. but cars and coffee. So in the car scene, there's a Facebook group. Yeah. So, uh, here in Colorado, there's kind of two or three different car scenes. 
you have your late night underground kind of rowdy rice burner car scene yeah which i've i used to go to those car meets way back when and they're fun but they're not the place for vendors but cars yeah cars and coffee they actually do it usually on like saturday or sunday mornings okay so it can be more of a family thing and when you go to those are those the people that are skipping church probably perfect i'm just kidding (laughs) no but you'll find these guys these are those car shows where you find a lot more, uh, instead of finding clapped out ricers, you're going to find Porsches and Ferraris and high, The money and people high, that have taken time to build vehicles. Like the classy type of vehicles. Okay. Um, and, I mean, you'll still find your, your grunt guys with their crazy junkyard builds because everybody kind of goes, but it, like I said, it's more of a organized adult version. Not The late night ones are the teenage version. Okay. That's why I haven't been to one in like 10 years now. Okay. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, and then like the KBPI Rock and Roll Car Show, that yep. would be good. And then like, what is it, Truck Fest? Like Bandemir? Or tr- oh, yeah, truck, truck, Fest. truck Fest. I've never been to that. Truck before, Fest so. is nuts. I've never actually been to it, but all my buddies always send me videos when they go. It's funny. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so I'm definitely trying to ramp it up this year and try and find the, the right area. Yeah, I would just go like, you know, like I said, anywhere you, f- you start finding high performing people, mm-hmm. even people that want to perform that's going to be a good spot regardless and like i said that those cars and coffees they usually have like they'll do some of their bigger ones where they pre-plan it instead of saying hey sunday morning let's all go meet in longmont at this place okay they do do that a lot but sometimes they'll do like a big one that they plan a month or two and have like a like a little charity event yeah they'll have like food trucks they do like the christmas toy drive stuff like that okay that'd be cool hell yeah that'd be one to look into and that's one i've been meaning to go to just because i have a couple of buddies that started going to those because they drive you know uh the one guy i know now he's (laughs) he was actually an inspector that i used to work uh under kind of and he had a he had a badass beamer and i had a wrx and i'd always try to keep up and i couldn't (laughs) but he went from a beamer to a porsche now he's got like a nice zl1 badass camaro okay usually takes those type of shows but yeah that's where you find that just it's kind of an older crowd more professional crowd yeah and that'd be i think that'd be a good spot oh yeah i'm gonna have to look it up so i guess on my news we are going down to one truck now so my, oh shit you are yeah my other driver took another job uh kind of my my i pushed him into it so he had an opportunity a few years ago to go be a like a live-in ranch hand and he passed up on it back then because he was silly and in love with a relationship that didn't last. <laughs> and it kind of... I'm, I'm, I'm only laughing because it, it happens a lot. Yep. He, he, and he always kind of regretted not taking it. And even when he passed on it years ago, I told him, you should have took that job. It was a perfect job. You get out, of, get out of the area, get out of the rut you've been in in life. Something completely new, something that has a potentially good opportunity for you. And that actually came back up over Christmas break and he called me and he's like, I'm thinking about it, and but I'm not going to do it if it's going to screw you over this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, we're just two trucks. So he knows he's half the company. So, but I, at my behest, I was like, dude, you should do it. If it's the same deal arrangement they offered you years ago, you should, I think you should do it Yeah, because I can't promise you any more or less than what the last few years have been. And that place can only promise you more. Like we could go up or down. We could get busy 
we could make more money or the economy could come to a screeching halt and it could get worse. So I was like, like it, I, I, I gave him two speeches. I was like, I'm going to tell you what I need as a business owner and I'll tell you what I think as a friend. As a business owner, as long as you give me as much notice as you can and we kind of line up these things because like... That way you're not trying to lo- plan a load for them. You're fucked. Well, like plan a load out. My biggest thing is I pay a lot on insurance. Mm-hmm. So I told them, I, if you're going to leave, I need you to leave at the beginning of a month mm-hmm. because that's when I have to pay the insurance payment. And I don't want to drop a big insurance payment at the beginning of the month. You leave halfway through and I've already, I can't recoup that cost. Yeah. Cause you know, my insurance payment is over three grand a month. Okay. So I was just like, as a business owner, I just need notice. Now as your friend, I'm going to tell you, you should take it. Like, I honestly think you should take it because of X, Y, Z. And so he did decide to take it. So we're going to be dropping down to one truck for a while and then. Do you want to hire out again, or are you just planning on staying one truck? For now, the plan is definitely just to be one truck for a few reasons. So we've had issues with just timing and work consistency. Like we're either crazy busy or crazy slow, Mm -hmm. and that's always been good and bad, as you would expect. So the idea is going back down to one truck, it'll help with breakdowns because there's always going to be a backup truck now. Because yep. I'm going to keep the equipment. I'm not going to turn the equipment in. So you're just going to let it hang out? Yeah, I'm pretty much going to park it behind the shop. Okay. <laughs> and then, but, you know, we're we're also exploring, maybe this would be the time to just get out of the hot shot business and get into the semi business and just liquidate the hot shot equipment and just go full-blown semi. Okay. Because this is a good and bad time to get into semi trucking because... The bad part of it is the economy slowed down, but with the economy slowing down, truck prices are finally coming down to a reasonable price. So if I were to buy a semi, this would probably be the year to buy one, especially the kind of semis I'm interested in. Yeah. Would you, because you have to buy, well, I guess it doesn't really matter what you buy. It just, depending on the year, you have to do ELDs and stuff. Yeah. I definitely don't want to deal with those anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The trucks I'm interested in. You know, they're older trucks. They're trucks a lot of company don't want to care to do financing on. And, you know, my tangent on that would be, so I have an equipment financing company I use, and they pretty much approved me to use as much money as I want to buy whatever I want. And I had found, like, the specific example I'll give is I found a 90, is a 98 Peterbilt. And it was, is a clean truck, super nice truck. And that is... Some some of us truckers are a little snobby when it comes to truck, but that is what I would want as a truck. It had a the engine was basically new. Mm-hmm. It had a certified platinum build from Caterpillar, and what the dealer didn't realize is the truck had full double frames, which actually almost doubles the value of that truck because now you can put a pusher axle on a truck like that, and you could have a heavy haul truck. Okay, which if you were to take a normal semi go do all that extra work to make it capable of doing heavy haul, you would be dropping another 30 to 40 grand on top of the price of whatever you paid for your truck. So the dealer didn't realize this. They were kind of asking the normal price for just a clean old truck. They were asking 70 grand. And if you were to, I could have went and bought that truck from Salt Lake City, drove it to Denver and sold it for over a hundred just because it was full double frame. Yeah. Had a fresh lime green paint job, which fits me perfect because (laughs) I like green. Um, It was a super clean truck. They wanted seventy, like seventy four thousand for it, 
stupid good deal. I mean, it's a good cash price and everything. So I called up my finance company. I'm like, let me guess. It's too old. You don't want to do any financing on it. And they're like, yeah. I was like, it's got a certified rebuild from Caterpillar, the engine manufacturer, that's got uh, 120,000 miles on it, which is nothing for a semi. That's like a car having 5,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. I was like, the only thing that makes this truck old is the title because everything else on it's brand new and yeah. certified. And they kicked it around and they still came back and said, no, it's just too old. We want to see you. We, if we were to finance something, we want something under 400,000 miles and less than 10 years old, maybe 12 years old at the max. That sounds like it's an impossible find. No, it's easy. You can go buy a Volvo tomorrow with some shit, you know, crappy engine, Mercedes engine, some other junk engine that is half as reliable as a Caterpillar engine that you're only going to get. 800,000 miles out of where you need to rebuild the whole thing. Okay. Where these Caterpillar engines are notorious for going well over a million miles. Mm-hmm. So, as the shits and giggles, I sent them a Freightliner that had a Mercedes, I think it was a Mercedes engine in it. I mean, it was clean for a Freightliner, but it's an ugly truck. It's not a truck I would be proud to own. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be showing it off. I'd be hiding my face around all my trucking friends. And, uh, Oh, it's in the shop. I can't show you today. For it was eighty grand, and it had three hundred and ninety-five thousand miles on. So a lot of these leasing companies, they know that whole four hundred thousand mile rule for financing. Yeah. So they like to trade them, pull in the leases at right under four, so then they can go sell it and just release to whoever was leasing the truck. Okay. And of course, they were like, "Yeah, we'll we'll carry financing on that." I was like, "That truck is probably." If this was 2019, that truck would be selling for 20 grand. But because of COVID, there was a big spike in truck demand. Truck guys were that bought trucks in 2019, they were selling the same truck after they'd put another three, four hundred thousand miles on it. They were selling them in 2020, 2021, 2022 for 80. So they were basically buying a truck for 20, using it for three or four years, and then selling it for double what they paid for it back then. Yeah. Because the truck demand just went crazy. And I told him, I was like, as a bank and as for me, this is like the dumbest investment you guys are asking me to make. You'll gladly pick up financing on this truck that with the way the truck market's going and the way the economy's going, I could drive it home, not put any miles on it. And it's only going to go down in value because it's eventually going to go back down to that reasonable 20, 30 grand mark that people are used to paying for those Freightliners. This Peterbilt, on the other hand, it's still a working truck and it's borderline becoming a collectible truck. I could put a million miles on that truck. It'll never be worth less than 50. Yeah. Even if I put a million miles on it and be pretty rough on it, scratch it up a bit, it'll still be a $50,000 truck in 10 years. Nope. We'll finance the Freightliner, but not the Peterbilt. And I just, then I'm not buying one. I mean, then it just sounds like a convers or an, or an argument. You just keep banging, banging your head against the wall. It's just annoying how banks work, you know, cause you're just like, like you would think the bank would be, they'd want to invest whatever they get the most return out of. So if I don't make my payments on that Peterbilt and they got to repossess it from me, they're going to make all their money back Yeah. where I cannot make my payments on that Freightliner. They could repossess it in six months and they'll be lucky to get 40, 50 grand for it. Yeah. That, that's a, pretty valid point yeah that's what i explained to them and they were still like nope and i'm like see this is the problem when bankers aren't truckers they don't they just 
look at data points on a spreadsheet, they're not actually thinking reality. They're not here in reality. That's like the old engineer saying, exactly. Man, I wish these motherfuckers were out here doing the work. Exactly. It's the same problem. So, but back to what I was saying, you know, this might be the year to just go ahead and buy a semi just because cash prices on the trucks I like are coming down. Okay. Know? I've been eyeballing certain trucks that six months ago were 80, 90 grand, and people are starting to let them go for 60 grand. Okay. So it's slowly coming down. So it's, it might be a good time for my company to kind of shift how we operate, which wouldn't be the worst because a lot of the customers we work directly with, they're always asking me if I, if I have a semi, you know, because they like the, hot, the convenience of a hotshot truck. They like the, the, you know, obviously I can do stuff at a little lower price point, but there's always bigger stuff. That they have a lot stuff. more stuff that you can't currently do. Exactly. And they, they like me as a, as a person and as a business owner, but you know, like one of the oil field companies I work with, they sub out all their hotshot work to me, but then they just got to call random Joe blows that they don't even know for flatbed work. Yeah. So he's always asking me like he's offered cause their thing is they have trucks, but not drivers. So he's like offered me just to come drive his semis for him and uh, stuff like that. There's a steel company we work with. They give me small loads, but they don't do a lot of small loads. Yeah. A lot of their loads are 30, 40,000 pound loads. So when they get, you know, a 15,000 pound load, they'll call me up because I can do that with my hotshot. And he's always telling me like, you get a semi and keep you a lot busier. Um, so it might be a time to make a jump or it might be a time just to do kind of what we've talked about is just keep at it shoot almost from the sound of it almost might be a blessing in the sky where you can buy that semi and then be so busy where it makes sense for you to hire a driver to drive the truck for you yeah because the other thing is like you know with my trucks i've obviously put so many miles on them they depreciate faster than i pay them off yeah so that's kind of been the the other thing we've considered is you know, if I were to trade in one of the pickup trucks and get the semi, but still keep one pickup truck and one gooseneck trailer, stuff like that. Haley's going to have to go get her CDL. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> she panics when she's got to pull a trailer. Oh, come on. No, but that's, that's all the exciting news in my world. So I, I do like the way you had that conversation with them because, I mean, a lot of um bosses would try and some I, I can't say a lot but you you get the the bosses that'll try and guilt trip you into staying kind of how we were talking a couple episodes ago on how you shouldn't be happy for your friends where you were able to give them both points of view and i mean at the end of the day you want the best for the person you don't want them to stay there and just have a miserable life that you don't know about yeah you're well, encouraging we a, them to have a better life. Well, that, and I have a diverse, I mean, I hired my friend. Yeah. So, yeah. We, I mean, we both know him. We've known yeah. him for years. You know him a lot better than I do. Yeah. So I've always had to keep that balance. So no, it'll work out either way, whatever we decide to do. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, he was panicking cause he thought he would, he's like, I'm not going to take it if it's going to put you out of business. And I told him, I was like, as a business owner, I'll tell you, business is my problem. You yeah. know, as a friend, I'm going to tell you, you should take this job if it's an opportunity. Yeah. And on the same side, it's nice of him to think of the business but he should also put himself a little bit m- above it yeah no I mean, no I mean unless it's his business then he needs to have but, your mindset on yeah it. that's kind of what i told him i was like dude don't, don't worry about me i'll figure it out one way or another yeah that's my job to figure it out not yours 
And, and honestly, that comes from a time when I worked for the directional drilling company and I went to quit. Uh, I thought they would kind of try to offer me some more money to stay or something because they were busy when I quit and they had no one to fill my shoes when I left. And that my manager at that time, he gave me kind of the same speech. He's like, you know, and we still talk, me and that, my old boss. And that's, he kind of gave me a similar speech. He's like, dude, like you drive an hour and a half each way just to work here. And now you got an opportunity. I know you're going to make more money going back to the oil field. You got, you just had a kid. Mm -hmm. Like he's all, if it's, if it's a better opportunity, you should take it. Now I want you to stay, but you know, I care about you and I, if it's better then you should do it. Yeah. That's kind of where I, you know, drew, drew from for that conversation with my guy was just told him, I was like, you know, as a friend, you should take it. There's good opportunity for you, especially because I can, as your friend, I know you're not just an employee. I know what's going on in your personal life and what you've been dealing with in life. And I know when you factor those in, that job is probably a better opportunity for your mental health, your physical health, your long-term goals. Mm -hmm. Cause this job, you know, we could pick up a new customer and I could start paying you double, triple, quadruple, who knows? Or it could be the same thing it was last year. And you know what, you know what that means. That yeah. means this amount of money. This M kind Money's of not going to save your mind and body. Well, and that's kind of what I told him. I was like, this job is more important for that because he's not going to make more money at the job he's taking. You know, he's going to make the same, if not less, but yeah, he's a, he's a ranch hand. Yeah. But he's going to be in a position where he's going to be given a house to live in with the opportunity to purchase that house from the ranch. Um, it's like my biggest thing is it, it's out of state. It's up in the corner of Wyoming. It's not too far from which here. corner. Cause that's a big difference. <laughs> it's, uh, the Nebraska Wyoming corner. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. So it's only, it's only a couple hours from here. So okay. he, he'll still be able to go visit his sister and stuff down here. I do like that northeastern corner of Wyoming, you know, kind of it, right, right, kind of right before the like the Black Hills. Yeah, but you, it, it's not that far. <laughs> no, okay. that's southeast corner. Oh well, yeah, it's boo. not it's not that great for over by uh, Torrington. It is exactly where it's by. Yeah. Fuck that part. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's what I told him. But I was like, you take in all these other factors of getting off the road because the road life is a hard life. Um. You know, the reason he'll actually be making less is he's going to have to work every day there. Yeah. Where with us, he's working three weeks on, one week off. So I, you know, I told him, you know, you have, you technically have 17 weeks a year off. You have three and a half months that you get paid for that you don't work. Mm -hmm. So I was like, if you break it down hour to hour, you're going to make less by the hour. But you got all these other factors. Like I said, you, you might have an opportunity to purchase this house from the ranch. You're, I mean, you're, you're living in a house rent-free. That's already saving you money. Yeah. And Just then, because you're getting paid less, your, ex your personal expenses are dropping as well. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, and just, just that type of work for you would probably be good. You know, getting away. You've been running in the circle here locally that's like, yeah, you have some good friends here that are great for you, but you've also got a lot of baggage here that hasn't been great for you. Mm -hmm. And maybe just getting a couple hours away from it will be good for you good for you to work out some of your shit agreed so that's kind of why i pushed him into doing it so and i mean shit even worst worst case scenario he's got places to come back if if the well and i told work. him i was like i mean if there's a truck here you have a job here yeah like but i told him you know we might go to i might just go buy a semi and just be an owner op or 
I might just drive the hot shot, keep that truck as a backup and it'll be here if you come back. And mm-hmm. if I come, if you come back and I have the semi, but I still have a hot shot, you by all means you can drive it. <coughs> so <clears throat> that's our big news for the week. Oh yeah. <coughs> Dude, I cannot get rid of this cough. Yeah, when after we recorded um, the last couple episodes, we ran into your wife at Walmart, and she's like, yeah, Albert's dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, I had like a full-blown relapse. I had, so when we recorded, remember I told you, like, how's your immune system feeling? Because I just got over like a little three-day cold. Yeah, you yep. skipped out on that episode for like 15 minutes. I typed it down so I knew what I was looking for in the video. Yeah. So yeah, I was good for like two or three days, and then it just came back with a vengeance. Now it's coming back again. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it just keeps kicking me in the ass, dude. Um. Fun. All right. Sorry about that. I had a little coughing fit. Not going to lie. I swallowed half my dip. <laughs> Tickled my throat. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Mm-hmm. But. Um, one thing before we close. I know, remember we were a few episodes ago, weeks ago, I was telling you about looking into that tra- trading car- card world. Yeah. I started, I started it over the weekend. Like I, so I had a bunch of cards. Dude, my kid has this like Pokemon card sitting on the floor in his room. And I was just like, I should take this and put it on eBay. Maybe it's worth something. <laughs> hey, bring it out here. I can scan the sh- that shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, ever since you mentioned it, like, you start noticing them. Like, I started seeing when I was out in California at a couple of gas stations. Mm-hmm. They had those, like, big, thick variety pack cards in a rubber band that you could buy for, like, 30 bucks or something. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is a thing. Yeah. I started. So, the guy that was telling me, like, I got, so I got on eBay and just started looking at stuff. And you can buy just random bundle packs that people have created. So now I'm just trying to l- figure out the best way I want to resell and market these things. Obviously, these people that do it on eBay professionally have like thousands upon thousands of cards so they can make whatever they want. And I have maybe 200. And I, but I mean, I still have more on the way because I ordered a bunch on eBay. But yeah, you can go through and there's apps on your phone where you can just scan each card and it'll tell you the current market value price. And I have, I found one card that's like 60, 70 bucks. Nice. I sound, it sounds like you need to hit up like yard sales and shit. Cause you know that shit you're buying on eBay has already been cherry picked. Yeah. I, I started going through marketplace and reading, there you go, yeah, reading marketplace. marketplace. Um, obviously as someone that knows nothing about it and all these people that know everything, I have a lot of catching up to do on the learning thing, but yeah, garage sales and you know, just. You never know what you're going to find. So I might start thrift shopping. I don't know. Pawn shops, they know what they got too. True. But yeah, yard sales, flea markets, shit like that. Yeah, pawn shops, now that I think about it, probably the worst. Because every time I go to a pawn shop, you know how the ones in Brighton figure out the price that they want to offer you? They literally just look it up on eBay, see what it's going for on eBay and offer you half of that. Yeah. (laughs) So now that I think about it, that might be a bad place to look. You know, I'm not going to sit there and be like, how much is my card worth? I don't know much about this. Let me call call a guy. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to be be on Pawn Stars with your Pokemon card soon. (laughs) But I mean, it's interesting because, so I like, there's the three trading cards, like we were talking earlier, it's Pokemon, Magic, and Yu-Gi-Oh! Out of those three. 
and I start, I went with the Yu-Gi-Oh Autumn just because as a kid growing up, that was kind of one of my favorites. Yeah. So I have a bunch of those and I, I just, I was at Target and just said, fuck it, let me buy a couple Pokemon cards and see what I could do. I scanned them. I'm like, well, this is fucking stupid. All these cards are less than, t- uh, less than a dime. I had more fun scanning Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah. So now it's, I'm acquiring another hobby that I don't know if it's something I should be doing when I have the main job. I have Rocket. We have this show. And now potentially card collecting and reselling. Yeah. But now I have to learn how I want to market and sell cards. Well, the good thing, you know, this side hobby that you're starting isn't like, you know, like with Rocket, you have obligations. Yes. This podcast, there's an obligation because we want to try to get an episode out every week for our, our Two listeners. Yep. Just kidding. We have a few more than two, but guys, we need more. <laughs> Make sure you share. Share and talk about us. But these fools, people choking on dip and stuff like that. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But you know, with that, with that, you can do it literally at your own leisure. You know. There's, yeah. Whenever I have downtime. Yeah. There's no obligation. That's for what it. I did on Sunday. I just I got up. The Office Depot opened. I went to go buy some binders. Stopped at Target. Went. Got back to the house, and I just. Before I knew it, five hours was gone. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, yeah. This is a problem. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm interested. I I'm interested to, do, to see. I had to do a lot of YouTube stuff because obviously I don't know I'm gonna go dick buy, about dick. I'm going to buy a big bulk and just hand it to you and tell you how much did I make. <laughs> I'm going to spend that. 40 bucks. I'm like, yeah, you got $4. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so far, it, it's just been entertaining. We'll so, see what I can make off of it. There's weird things that are not only entertaining, but highly lucrative that a lot of us blue collar people don't realize, like, like the, this trading card thing you're talking about. The other thing I've been seeing a shitload of videos online lately, because I just had a big uh, Comic-Con deal about it. Not mm-hmm. Comic-Con, but shoes. The shoe convention. Okay. Like, dude, fucking well, crap. Shoes. Like, Nikes and all these limited edition release Yeezys and all this shit. I keep seeing all these little clips on Instagram and stuff where... People were at this shoe thing and they're trading and selling these eighteen hundred, you know, ten thousand oh, like dollars shoe collectors and shit. Yeah, okay. And okay. like, like I always knew shoes were a thing, like a shoe swap, like a car swap, but for it shoes. was like Comic Con, but for shoes, it was massive, dude. And oh, it was like, like an expo, seven day event. Yeah. Oh shit. And I was like, like I knew shoes are a thing. Don't get me wrong, but I was just like, holy shit! Like these shoes are a bigger thing than I even fucking realized. Like it never would have hit my radar if it wasn't just for. Well, yeah, like I, I, like I knew like obviously Jordans and yeah, know, dude, those but, well-named shoes. Like, but but yeah. people are doing like what you're talking about. They're going to like, uh, uh, what's it called? Goodwill and shit. And they're just oh. scanning these shoes and there's whole apps just for shoe trading. Oh, dude. Yeah. Even on eBay, you can get on the eBay app and just use the picture yeah. setting for it and scan. Like I can scan people, my fucking Oakleys right here and it'll tell me what they are selling for on, on, yeah. on, on eBay. And then people are like restoring these shoes mm-hmm. and all kinds of shit. I was like, that's what one of our buddies was doing a few years ago as just a side hobby. He'd go, go to just, you know, he'd have a circuit of goodwills he would go to and he would, you know, he would find like old N- Nintendo consoles and, you know, electronics and things like that. And you can buy it for $5 at Goodwill and resell it for 50 on eBay. Yeah. One day my inner nerd is going to come out because. I always had this dream of when I have my forever home, I'm going to have that wall of game consoles. Yes. I want that too. <laughs> yeah. All the old ones I used to play and all the new ones I still play. And mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. Yeah. That, that's definitely a goal because it's weird how 
us growing up and what we want to have now is a lot different than what our parents have and grew up with. Right. So it, it's funny to see the difference. Yeah. My mom is like an avid collector of trinkets and stuff, so she has all this stuff. But Like the fine china and stuff like that or what? No, well, maybe. Mm. She's always been into like Indian stuff. Oh, okay. That type of stuff. But she just has all these just old, old junk you know hanging around her house and she's always <laughs> just collected it here and there like she has a whole wall she doesn't even drink beer but she has a wall of like old coors cans and every time i go over there i add one to it <laughs> I i'm sure if you find the right coors collector some of that old vintage stuff is worth the money Dude, it's like I, coke i have brand loyalty issues coors is one of those brands and my uncle his grandma had passed away a few years ago okay and he kind of inherited everything and we went and cleaned out our house and dude, I got some super old, cool cooler shit. Like I've got dude, I've got a whole wooden box, like a one by one wooden box of Coors match books. Really? Yeah, just like from the seventies. I got old like eighty or sixties Coors ice trays. Mm-hmm. I got some old Coors junk that I really like. That'd be cool. And I'm big on camel because I used to smoke camels. Yeah. So I got like a camel joe matching salt pepper shaker set from like the <laughs> 50s i'm like this is cool as shit. so you're on the verge of being able to redesign an old 80s house or kitchen and dining room oh yeah interior designer yeah <laughs> cooler shit and camel joe shit i got quite like i got a bunch of super old camel joe zippos okay i got all kinds of silly shit like yeah that. you need to see what all, you might be sitting on a gold mine you never know well it's too bad if I am because I'm severely attached to it. <laughs> I keep lugging it around in boxes and boxes. And this is one of those things that when I have my forever home, I'm going to have that glass cabinet that I yell at my kids to quit fucking with because it's going to have all my cool shit. Get your in dirty it. ass fingers off that shit. Exactly. You're going to come back with bloody stubs. And it's going to be funny because like you don't even smoke. I'm like you know if you would have met me when I was 22, <laughs> you, like I was borderline. I was. There was a time when I'd be willing to get a camel tattoo on my arm if they'd give me free camels. Like, I was brand loyal to the gills for Camel. So, yeah, I got some cool Camel stuff, and I got a couple of cool old records. Okay. Like, I never, I'm not a record collector, but I just happened to buy one or two off of eBay, so I got a cool, couple of cool old 45s. Yeah, when, like when I lived in Texas, I wanted to start collecting vinyl. Yeah. But you can't do that in a travel, or not, not a travel, a fucking toy hauler. Yeah. Well, and yeah, you, you got a little different. You got a space issue. You got to manage very carefully. <laughs> so, but yeah, I guess we'll wrap this one up. This one was kind of just a cool shoot the shit one. Maybe people like this a little more than the preachy ones. Yeah, a little get together. I was thinking we'd mix them in. I like doing the uh, just shoot the random shit ones. And I was thinking too, one of these times we'll have to do like a, like a headline news, news one where we browse some headlines. Because I know one thing I wanted to, like for the new year, I've got a, I've got a massive craving to build a real studio one way or another. And another thing, you know, going back to our, when we introduced ourselves on the first episode, one of the things I mentioned I really wanted to do was not only have a place where blue collar people can come listen and nod their head with us, but maybe a place that people who are kind of outside of the blue collar picture can come and be like oh this is how they think yeah you know like i said a lot of give that perspective yeah a lot of white collar people just look at a lot of blue collar people and just think you're poor knuckle draggers you're janitors you're construction workers you you don't have deep thoughts 
So I think it'd be cool to like go through some news articles and like actually give our opinion on it in in detail. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe maybe those episodes, some of those people that are like I said, a little outside of what they consider blue collar might be like, oh, this is actually interesting. This is intriguing. This is why they're screaming Trump twenty twenty four. Like it's not it's not just dumb knuckle dragging bullshit. Yeah. Very true. So I think it'd be cool to do some episodes where we just zoom through some headlines and be like talk about how we think about it, what we think about it kind of in detail. Okay. So I'm down to do that. I think that'd be fun. Maybe I might I'm st- I was thinking about it the other day. I still if you're up to it, do that hot wing thing the I was telling you about. One? I got my mom gave me a whole thing of like six different hot sauces for Christmas. And interview like each other at the same uh, well, ask so ask questions but we both have to answer as we eat different hot hot wings. Can I slap you with a tortilla too? <laughs> the tortilla <laughs> challenge. <laughs> That might have to turn into a live broadcast of that show. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do that one because I'm I'm back on trying to get on YouTube. So once we, but I don't like I was telling you kind of before we started recording, like just managing what we have now is kind of a challenge. And I think if we can set up a legit studio at some point where yeah. everything's more click and go, less finicky. Yeah, we we have a lot of moving pieces that. We're just making it harder on ourselves. Yeah, we're doing it the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's definitely easier routes, and one of those is letting your wife buy, let, letting having her let you buy a studio. Yeah. So for everyone listening, tell Haley Albert needs to buy a studio or send me money. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, we can put Ven our Venmo. Yeah. Or, or we'll start a GoFundMe page. Yeah, we'll start a GoFundMe. We have a dream, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all you need is a dream. But all right. Well, let's wrap this one up and move on for those that are not following us on social medias we currently have three instagram the underscore blue collar underscore syndicate facebook the blue collar syndicate podcast tiktok blue collar syndicate pod and we are fairly active on all those and like we were talking before this maybe try and be a little bit more like daily active maybe with like a story clip of where either of us are because we I think it'd be cool to show our blue collar side too. Like, yeah, like you could post a random clip of you at work, so yeah, they don't just think you're a pretty face behind a mic. Well, you're lying on that one, but okay. <laughs> so, so we run pages. Not we don't run them together. Like, obviously, one runs one of us runs one page, one of us runs one page, and then one of us, or then we both run the other page. It's just so we, John we, does we pick our poison. John does TikTok. I manage most of the Instagram, and then we both kind of dabble with the Facebook. Yeah. So you that way you know who to get mad at if you don't like one of the accounts, <laughs> more or less. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we can definitely kind of share our blue collar lives a little bit more that way. Like you said. I mean, because right now in the background, all you see is a shop. So yeah, who know when we get to a studio sometime in the future, it might just look like, oh, these fuckers are faking it. Yeah. But if you see me r- running around a skidster and you hot shotting in California, you never know. Yeah. No, I think that'd be cool. So. And the other thing I want to say, guys, like and subscribe and share, please. Yep. yep. All those numbers help us. And the better numbers we get, the more that we can provide for you. Yeah, and if you guys start actually, you know, helping us out a little, I think it'd be cool if we did like a giveaway of some sort. Like maybe if people start showing that they shared or they got other people listening, send them some some merch or yeah. 
an empty Tabasco bottle, something funny. <laughs> Nothing crazy, guys. You're not getting a free truck from us, but no, I think it'd be cool. I have learned, so since we're talking about the sharing, because with my Rocket page, if your Facebook page settings, like your privacy settings are set to private and you know only friends can see your stuff, on your page, it'll show you have you know X amount of shares, like three, five, seven, a hundred thousand shares. But only the people that have their privacy settings like open for like everyone, you will only see those people. So like when you and other people share my rocket thing, your Facebook settings are set to private. So when I go through and try and see who shared it so I can go to their page and thank them and things like that, can't do it. So just for those, just so that way you guys are aware, if you don't know, if you share anything of ours, say just on Facebook, we can't see you unless of those settings are set to um, a more open setting. Gotcha. So, but yeah, other than that, that's about it. So have a great day. Yeah. See you guys later.